0: Hello, and welcome to People of the Pod, brought to you by American Jewish Committee. Each week, we take you beyond the headlines to help you understand what they all mean for America, Israel, and the Jewish people. I'm your host, Manya Brashear-Pashman. Welcome to a special breaking news edition of People of the Pod to bring our listeners up to date on what's going on in Israel. Joining me is Lieutenant Colonel Avital Libovich, Director of AJC Jerusalem. Avital, welcome, and I hope
1: you are safe, but how are you doing? Tell me. Thank you. It's an opportunity for me to be here with you today and to share from the ground our experiences here in Israel. This is already the third day of the operation. There's tension in the air, but I think that our resilience as Israelis is quite strong, and I'm sure we will overcome the situation as we have in the past. So what is going on there? Who is firing the rockets that are now falling on Israel? So the operation is directed towards the Islamic Jihad in Gaza. The Islamic Jihad in Gaza is the smaller of two terror groups in Gaza, Uh, It's backed and funded and directed by Iran. The charter is pretty clear, I would say. Basically, the organization believes that Israel has no right to exist. And in order to make sure that uh, we will not exist, uh, Iran is, is funding its military capabilities. They have managed to build an arsenal of rockets, of mortars, of drones. They have managed to train soldiers, militants in order to conduct anti-Israeli operations. And Israel decided to initiate an operation following two events. The first event was a week ago where over 100 rockets were fired by this organization, the Islamic Jihad, within 24 hours towards Israel. And the second event actually took place in Pesach, in Passover, in which 34 rockets were fired from Lebanon within 10 minutes by fractions of the Palestinian Islamic Jihad in Lebanon. So this was an opportunity to make sure that Israel is preventing further escalation and basically defending its people. So where is Hamas in all of this? So Hamas has, in the past, decided to actually sit quietly and not intervene. And this is common. We've seen this in the operation last year. We've seen this in the operation two years ago. And you may want to ask what the reason for Hamas sitting back. And the reason is that Hamas has a lot to lose. Currently, Israel declared that it's only looking to target Islamic Jihad targets, namely not Hamas targets. And Hamas understands that if it will join the celebration of Islamic Jihad, then the price Hamas will pay will be very, very high. For one, uh, there are 18,000 Palestinian workers entering Israel from Gaza on a daily basis. These kind of workers bringing salaries back home actually move some sort of an economic cycle inside the Gaza Strip, and the shopping power is stronger and stronger by these workers. If Hamas would join the operation, then obviously Israel will close the border and would not allow these workers to enter. And additionally, I'll remind our listeners that Hamas is still renovating Gaza from previous operations. So it would be quite serious from their perspective to stop the renovation and then create further damage. Because as you know, Hamas and Islamic Jihad's arsenal of weapons are very much inside densely populated areas.
0: So what are we seeing in terms of, is Iron Dome doing its job of protecting Israelis?
1: So I would say thank God for the Iron Dome. I would say thank God for the very strong and strategic partnership Israel has with the U.S., which is very highly valued here. The Iron Dome is basically saving our lives with a whopping success rate of 90% the Israeli people know that there's something in the sky that will able to protect them. There are thousands of people that have spent the last three days in shelters. Their spirit is quite broken because sitting in a shelter, whether you're a four-year-old child or a 30-year-old mom and hearing constantly sounds of explosions and jets flying in the air, this is not a normal kind of atmosphere.
0: By the time this airs, perhaps a ceasefire will be reached. Wouldn't that be a blessing? Are you optimistic that that will
1: happen? You know, living in the Middle East, you have to be optimistic. (laughs) In routine times, in emergency times, talks of ceasefire began yesterday. But we have to keep in mind that there is a lot of fake news, a lot of false publications. And I don't see an end to the current situation in the next couple of hours, maybe in another 24 to 48 hours. And I'm just getting a report that there was a direct hit of a building in Rehovot, which is a city maybe half an hour from here, half an hour from Tel Aviv. So we're not there quite yet. I do want to mention in this context Egypt's role. Media has put a focus on Saudi Arabia's role in the region. But we must not forget that Egypt is is a strong partner. And this is the partner who actually mediates between Israel and the different terror groups in Gaza. They have an important role. Israel respects this role. And we should not forget this very, very significant actor in our region.
0: Well, Avital, thank you for that addendum. And thank you for joining us. I really hope you're able to stay safe and that we are talking about a ceasefire very soon. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for listening. This episode is brought to you by AJC. Our producer is Atara Lakritz. Our sound engineer is TK Broderick. You can subscribe to People of the Pod on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts, or learn more at AJC.org slash People of the Pod. The views and opinions of our guests don't necessarily reflect the positions of AJC. We'd love to hear your views and opinions or your questions. You can reach us at peopleofthepod at ajc.org. If you've enjoyed this episode, please be sure to tell your friends, tag us on social media with hashtag peopleofthepod, and hop on to Apple Podcasts to rate us and write a review to help more listeners find us. Tune in next week for another episode of People of the Pod.